Great to see you all out this evening. If you leave our parking lot right out front and travel one hour east on Highway 25, you will enter Smith County, Tennessee. It's where I'm from. In case you haven't heard, Smith County has been under attack for promoting Christianity in its schools. I don't doubt it one bit. When I played football for Smith County, we would have a prayer before the game. Of course, there was someone who complained to our principal, Mr. Roger Lewis, and he kindly told her, well, ma'am, you can wait in your car till it's over. The ACLU is suing the Smith County Board of Education on behalf of some parents and students for promoting religion at school events. And if you will recall, this happened to us here in Sumner County in 2011. The ACLU sued our own Sumner County on behalf of nine students from four families. The lawsuit alleged a pattern and practice of the promotion and endorsement of religious activities, much like what is going on in Smith County. Thankfully, the ACLJ, the American Center for Law and Justice, stepped in and worked on behalf of Christians in Sumner County. Well, what happened with that battle? Sumner County teachers learned how to express their beliefs while at the same time respecting the rights of others and students' religious rights were also upheld. This lesson this evening is about how Christians should fight and stand up on occasions such as this. It's about understanding our enemy and understanding ourselves. For having a clear vision of our place on any issue is the best way to win a battle. I spoke about this in 2011 when it was going on then, and I hope I can shed some light once again on the matter because we have a new batch of students who are in high school, and maybe this message will serve as an encouragement to the good people of Carthage, Tennessee. First off, keep in mind that our society has changed. We no longer live in a world where it is assumed that all you see, all the people you see, believe as you do. There are so many different worldviews today that are not based on the Bible, and for Christians, this is upsetting. We still have a lot of religious freedoms, and may we never forget this. I wish our world were more like Little House on the Prairie, where the school actually met in the church building. And also wish that cartoons quoted scripture, like Charlie Brown's Christmas special, which we'll all be watching soon. Our society has changed, and this is an indication of a general departure from Christ-centered values to worldly values. Let's look at Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3 has some to say about this. Philippians chapter 3, I will be begin reading from verse 17. Brethren, join in following my example. Paul preached that a lot. Follow me as I follow Christ. And here he says it again. Join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. For many walk, of whom I often told you, and now tell you even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. There are people in this world that are enemies of the cross, whose end is destruction, verse 19, 
whose God is their appetite and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. Christians, we are to set our minds on godly things, on spiritual things, not on fleshly things, not on things of the world. Certainly there are laws to be upheld in this great country of ours, and that's a wonderful thing. We should be happy about that. I'll speak more about that in a moment. But suffice it to say that there are enemies to the cross of Christ. And what should a Christian do in a country such as ours? First off, we need separation of church and state, if for no other reason than to protect Christians. That was a great thing about us coming here. Our ancestors came here seeking religious freedom, and if the governmental institutions meddle in it too much, who knows what will happen? What if a Christian led something at a school that you did not agree with as a Christian yourself. For instance, I preach that baptism is necessary for salvation. Not every person who might be listening to this later on our podcast or even now on our internet feed might not agree with that. Unfortunately, Christians aren't united as God intended and Christ preached during His ministry. So it's very, very cumbersome whenever you look at a school and say, what should be taught? I enjoy the aspect of Bible being taught as literature. I think that's a great thing. It's played a tremendous role in our society, and it should be taught. But even that can be sticky sometimes. But God needs to be in our schools. There's no doubt about this. But what does this look like? How does God get into our schools? We expect a lot of our schools, first off. I work as a school counselor. And we have to make sure that students have their immunizations. We have to feed students, clothe them, and even make sure they have good hygiene. Schools do a lot. But it's not the school's job to reach the lost. It's the church's. Matthew 28, Mark 16 tells us that. Christ came to establish his church, not his school. We need to stop crying about why I might not be able to get up in math class and teach about baptism. And we need to worry more about how we at the Birdwell Chapel Church of Christ and the good churches in Sumner County will reach the families that need the gospel. That's a bigger question that we need to be talking about. So on the one hand, it is good that we have separation of church and state. That's a good thing. But on the other hand, Christian people should be allowed to do Christian things. It is upsetting that our communities have changed to the point that there are people who don't want us to do such things in school. That by the handful of a few, the majority can be ruled. Carthage was doing just fine. Sumner County was doing just fine until less than 1% of the population said something. Well, guess what? Christian people can speak as well. I know what the law says, but I also have enough brains in my head to know that when there are 20 teachers in a room and the 20 are God-fearing people, they should be able to pray. But if there are non-Christians present, then I would hope these would be polite enough to respect the views of their Christian colleagues. Isn't that something the world preaches? Tolerance? It seems the world is only tolerant if you believe as they do. Here's where we are in Sumner County, might be where Smith County ends up. I, as a school employee, can't openly pray at a school event. I can't do that. But I can, however, wear a 
ring on my finger that has a cross on it. I can express myself in other ways. But students can pray at events, and that's good news. Regardless of the outcome in Smith County, on any given Friday night, a Christian player should invite his team to bow their heads and pray if he chooses, because students can do this. When religious expression is student-led, it is always their right to do so. I'm confident this will be the result of an hour to our east. So what should we be worried about? We should worry about how much school employees can express themselves religiously. The law says that teachers can express their faith, and so we should. The events in 2011 here in Sumner County made me take inventory of what I had been doing as a Christian in a public school. Do my students even know I'm a minister? Do they know I'm a Christian? Do they see the difference in me? We should worry when the rules also become so strict that students can't meet or express themselves. That's why the ACLJ stepped in to Sumner County to make sure that the ACLU did, in fact, hold up the Constitution as it should. We should worry when an atheistic point of view is taught and all others are considered inferior. That's not happening here yet. We should worry about events that make our students afraid to express themselves. I hope Christian parents take inventory of their child's faith. Teens like to challenge things and cause a stir. Christ wanted to turn the world upside down. And the first people he would ask today, I'm sure, are teenagers because they can do great things. Matthew 22:21 said, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. Certainly we should do that. It's taught throughout Scripture, not only where Christ says it. Spoke about it this morning in our Bible school class where Peter also mentions it. Well, we're going to give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but Caesar should know that we are Christians. He should know that we are. My friend Chuck Gentry, who's the Lebanon High School football coach, they should know he is a Christian. Scott Moore, who is the head school resource officer in Wilson County, they should know he is a Christian. My friend Murph Murray, who is the head coach at Smith County, Everybody knows he is as well. So what can we do as Christians in this world? First off, Christians, stay informed of what is going on at school. Some schools teach against the Bible, believe it or not, in a very outspoken way. In other places, Christians are the minority. We are sheltered in our haven of the Bible Belt here in many ways. But even here, things can look bad for Christians. At most any school, Christian values can be ridiculed and silenced. But you know what will happen? Morally inappropriate things will go on at school functions, and they will be celebrated, and they will be encouraged all in the name of the flesh and of a person's, uh, in, uh, in a person's individual rights. Well, who are they worshiping then? It's not Christ, I can assure you that. But I suppose it is acceptable to some people. Above all else, make sure teens know that they have rights and they need to use them, for they are the evangelists. Paul told Timothy, let no one look down on your youth, but in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself an example of those who believe. And our teenagers here should be doing that. The teenagers who are Christians everywhere should be doing that. 
to be showing themselves an example. So what question are we asking? When you're looking at a problem, a lot of, things, a lot of times you've got to answer that. What are we trying to answer here? What's the question? Because sometimes that can be lost. I'm afraid that if we focus on the wrong question or the wrong issue, we will lose sight of what we can do and thus lose momentum. Why are we taking God out of schools is something many ask. And it very well may be the wrong question. Also, asking why are we doing this will do a few things. It will cause us to think we are losing if the rules do change. It will cause us to think that our only vein of influence has been eliminated, which it won't be. This question will cause us to think that Satan has won. What's it going to take for us to see that Christ can change the lives of students no matter what the courts say? So the right question is this. How can we get more of God into the students and into the teachers? Do you think God cares what school board policy says? If Jonah can pray inside a big fish, the students in Smith, Sumner, and Robertson can pray wherever and whenever they please. They just need to know it, and they need to do it. So a more appropriate question is this. Where is Christ in the schools? He came here to establish his church. He found the called out and asked them to go to others. So where is he? In the school if he is supposed to be there. Christ is in the teacher who will speak up when things aren't right. When a Christian godly voice needs to be heard. Christ is in the basketball player or band member that says hey, let's have a prayer before we eat. Christ is in the girl who does a class project on the science of the Genesis account of creation when her science book is teaching evolution. We are afraid God is going to be pushed out of the schools, but you can't push him out when the students and teachers take him there. I believe that every, per that every person should know Christ, but it won't happen because the schools allow it, it will happen because Christians are doing what they are supposed to be doing. Whether they're in this building, whether they're in the schools, whether they're at work, whether they're in the home, the lost will be saved because the Christians are doing what they're supposed to be doing wherever they may find themselves. And that may even be in a jail cell. And may it so be someday if it comes to that. For Paul found himself content. Paul found himself content in a jail cell where he was able to reach others. What's going on in Smith County is upsetting. But God doesn't belong only in a classroom, no more than he belongs only in this building. May our Christian lives never be simply the act of being somewhere, but may they be the totality of how we live. We need strength to be in this world because there are so many enemies of the cross and they're around every corner. Pray that you have the strength to fight against them, to fight willingly though, to fight tactfully so that people aren't pushed away but rather they see the cause of Christ, they see the power of his love and they want to know more about what you have. So we can't, we can't be ugly about it in sharing our faith. We've got to be different. We've got to be tactful. We've got to be cunning so that whenever the time does come, we can express our faith in such a way that people say, man, you're a godly person, and I am so glad I know you. 
to whatever struggles you might be facing in your life, I pray that you will make a decision tonight to change that if there's things that are going on that you know you need to change. And I hope you'll make that decision this evening. If you need to become a Christian and be baptized in a watery grave and added to the body of Christ, as Acts chapter 2 instructs, added to that body so that you can have a home in heaven someday, I hope that you will make that decision tonight or if you need prayers for forgiveness, Come forward now as we stand and sing.